0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running running should be fun and so should running podcasts i'm your host ryan Pluckelman, and this is the adventure jogger all right honest question jeff stafford how long would you want to train if you got into hard rock let's just say the lottery gods go your way blessed me and all of a sudden we hear jeff stafford is running hard rock how long would you want to train before race day for hard rock specific hard rock training Uh, it'd probably be a minimum of six months, six months. I would want a year. I would want a year of notice so I could get into hard rock shape because here we are at 600 feet above sea level in Clarksville, Tennessee, Tennessee. (laughs) and we can do it. It's quite a bit higher than that. Imagine doing hard rock with just weeks of notice. Imagine being called off the wait list. With just weeks to go, many people would say, "Mm, oh boy, Um, I think I'm going to pass on that. Especially people from the Beast Coast not having the altitude acclimation at 600 feet above sea level. And the big ups and the big downs. To tackle Hard Rock. But thank God we've got crazy people here on the Beast Coast because (laughs) there was a man who got just weeks notice that he was in Hard Rock. He lives here on the Beast Coast. He's the host of the MR Running Pains uh, podcast, and quite frankly, he's just one of the nicest guys on planet Earth. Aaron Saft is our guest on this episode of the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Aaron.
1: Oh, man, it's so good to see you, too. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you on. I know I had you on the old podcast, been waiting for for an excuse to have you on the new one, and I think this is a a better excuse than any. Uh, Hard Rock, one of those races that... That falls in the same category as Barkley for me. I have all the respect in the world for the race and the people that do it, but I have no desire to do it. I am not, I I am not made of this stuff, this stuff to do, to do a race like Hard Rock, but Aaron kind of give us, by the way, I want to point out Aaron's a running coach too, so we may actually get some decent – tips uh, decent running tips here but he is the guy who told hunt uh, brumby to run Fall state on 500 total miles yeah uh, that works so, That's so, so I, I don't know what we're gonna get out of aaron uh, but let's let's kind of start there aaron you found out how how many weeks before hard rock that you were in in the four. Big race four four yeah <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was what was you get that email? Like you're checking, you're, you're looking at your phone. You know, you're you're uh, you're. you're, you're I was like, on a run. Oh, yeah, were you on a run?
1: And uh, I got a, a Facebook instant message. And you know, I mean, you're running, right? Your your mind's kind of disengaged. Yeah. And uh, it's you know this is Dale Garland. Dale Garland wants to connect with you, and I'm like, Dale Garland. <laughs> Oh. Dale Garland, you know, like it doesn't <laughs> click, right? Who's that? And then, you know, they, you know, maybe a quarter mile goes by, I'm like, wait, the hard rock guy's named Dale Garland. You know? <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> you know, like, I, I, mean, you know, it, it was, it was. I should preface this by saying, like, you know, when we, uh when they let people in off of the never run list, and we still had that long wait list. Um, you know, I was back in the 40s initially, and then I moved up to the 20s. Yeah, but after I moved up to the twenties, you know, like people kind of emailed in, there's like a message board and they said, what's our chances of kind of getting in off the never run wait list. And uh, you know, the, um, the course director comes back in and he says, zero.
0: <laughs> you Not know, happening. You have no chance.
1: Uh, you know never. So, like, of course, they post the meme of uh the Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying I got a chance, you know? <laughs> great. So, yeah, I didn't think I had any chance of getting in. So, the you know, as I was going about my daily business, and then all of a sudden, you know, Lee Connor, she, you know, she says, "Aaron, you keep moving up. You better be looking for a message." And I was like, "No way." And, you know that I started really watching, and you know I was I was down into the single digits, and I'm like, wow, this might actually happen. And uh, and then yeah, sure enough, they'll you know, messaged me, and I called him You know, Giddy is a little schoolboy, and I said, uh, you know, left a message because he didn't answer, and I said, oh my gosh, like you know, and then he called me right back, and I was like, no way, you know, I was just I was so you can see it in my 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 Strava run I posted. You know, got into Hard Rock on this run, and like you can see the heart rate spike because I was just so darn excited. <laughs> oh, man, it was it was funny.
0: This is. So awesome! I love that you're checking your your Facebook Messenger while you're running. You're going like, you know what? This could be a fan of the Mr. Running Paints podcast. I don't want to let a fan down. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's just in case of the kids, right? You know, I mean, if the, the kids need me or something like that, I always just make sure. You know, if my phone pings. I just double check, make sure it's not them. But yeah, you know, but that one got me thinking. I was like, hell, like, where do I know that name from? And you know, and then it's, it finally clicked, and I was like, oh my god!
0: So, so Aaron, you actually before this you had a hundred miler not too long ago that didn't go your way
1: yeah yeah so um i, I let's see march was uh umstead so i ran umstead. Yeah. um had a pretty good race at umstead and then um then you know i, I figured i wasn't gonna get into hard rock so i was like well you know I, I threw my name into old dominion just you know out of the like see if I, if I get in and, uh, you know, I did. And so I was like, all right, I'll go run that. And, um, yeah, we had, uh, you know, (laughs) we had quite the episode there that anybody hadn't heard, um, mile, I was, um, mile 75 to 85. You can have a pacer, a safety runner. Cause you're going up Sherman. It's kind of the single track steep climb of the course. And I brought my son, I, you know, I, I, cleared it with the, uh, the RD and said, Hey, you know, he's underage, but like, he's, he's capable, like he can totally do this. Yeah. And, um, so he cleared it. And so my son was out with me, we got started in the daylight, but then we flipped on our headlights and we're going up Sherman and, um, you know, out of my headlight spray, I was in the lead and out of my headlight spray, I see the bands of what, you know, potentially could be a poisonous snake. yeah So I said, hang on, buddy, you know, like just one second, there's a snake. And he's like, well, what kind is it? And all of a sudden we heard, <laughs> you know, and he's darted down the mountain. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I kind of took my uh, my hiking pole and, and I was kind of just keeping it back because it was it kind of reared up. It was shaking. Yeah. It kind of opened his jaws. And I just kind of put, you know, pinned it back with my pole. I said, okay, go behind me. You know, you'll be fine. If it gets anything, it's going to get me. Right. So. You know, he went behind me and it got up the mountain. And I tried to move it, but it was, you know, it was already too agitated. So I, I you know, I left it, unfortunately, for somebody else because it was like a rock cove. He was yeah. just kind of cornered in this rock cove and I couldn't get him out. So, um, you know, we, we kept moving and he was totally freaked out. He hates snakes to begin with. And so his anxiety started causing me, uh, like my heart to, you know, palpitate. Yeah. And I had a panic attack because. I, you know being 80 miles into a race right under the heat and conditions my son freaking out all of a sudden i went into a panic attack and i'm you know i'm like dude I, I need to stop my heart's racing i can't breathe my face is going numb um you know so we call my wife who's she's a family physician she's yeah. like you're having a panic attack you need to just let your air out calm down breathe you know that's kind of when they do the, the paper mm-hmm. bag yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah you're trying to get the air out so um I, from there, I really couldn't, I couldn't resuscitate myself. I just couldn't, you know, get back into it. So we dropped there, and I, I figured if because you know, we still had about another five miles to get him out to um, my wife, you know, in the next aid station, we figured it was just safer just to, you know, call it at that, that next meeting, yeah. you know, middle aid station. So we called it there. And you know, I, I said, "Well, you know, there's probably a reason for it." Like, you know, I didn't finish this one, um, and then Hard Rock popped up, and sure enough, I was like, "Well, there's my reason." <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> talk I, about I, a panic attack! God, <laughs> well, that's a panic attack uh, right you know, there. It worked out. It worked out. So this is something that's never happened to you in a race before. At all, where you've no, no, no,
1: yeah. I it was just the the circumstances, you know, it being my son, that fatherly instinct kind of just you know, it overtook everything, and and it was the you know, kind of (laughs) the fight or flight. And you know, like I got into the fight mode, like, yeah, my son even said to me, How did you stay so calm? And I said, Well, it was me or you, (laughs) you know, like it it was gonna be me, (laughs) like you know, so I just went into protection mode, and then after that, I think my adrenaline was just spiked so high, and then I saw his you know his state and it's just the combination just threw me into this you know this panic attack and then you know i mean we got back to that aid station we calmed down you know we just kind of huddled in this guy's truck and both of us fell asleep when i woke up i was you know heart rate was back to normal i was okay probably could have continued but like again i didn't want to put him back out there you know so uh, it's just a good time just to call it a night and call it a day just based on everything that had just happened
0: so, i think we need to go wow. on ultra <laughs> sign up uh, i'm going to email the guys who now on ultra sign up and say we need to change aaron Saf's <laughs> Uh, results from a DNF to a dad doing his duty so <laughs> dad duty just be DD. is it a DNF it's just DD and you're good to go d2 yeah how do you yeah. w- w- when that all the, all said and done and, and you're not a guy Aaron who who bails unless I mean it, it, it's it's not a little blister that's going to cause Aaron Saft to bail from a race you, you, you get in the car you you're, you're with your wife. how did you process that whole? race and or did you even think about it all or was just on to the next thing
1: um you know i mean i I didn't really i wasn't there was no negative i didn't have any negative thoughts about the race um i had spent um most of my day with an old friend um that i had met back in 2016 and we spent most of the miles together. So it was a tremendous experience, you know, just having that day. So I had a great time. I had a great experience. Um, you know, and so, uh, you know, it was something that was kind of beyond my control. I took it as, you know, that's just something that happened. It was, you know, freak occurrence, uh, and, you know, like I wasn't hurt. Right. I yeah. could keep, I could keep running. I could keep training. So there was nothing, nothing really negative about it, other than the fact that yes, I didn't finish. You know, and yeah. that, you know, that stings a little bit. It's going to sting anybody to not finish a race. You know, you 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 go with the goal of finishing, obviously, yeah. but you know, it's it wasn't like the worst thing that could have happened. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I let it bite me for you know maybe a few hours, yeah, and then just said, all right, like, all right let's we're let's moving on. on now, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it, it gives you some perspective too. You know, I mean. Really, you, you had to, to decide and, and really put on display what's the most important thing in your life. And I think we yeah. all say the things, right? We all are, you know, have our rankings when we say them. Um, but you had to really prove your order of importance, right? You know, like, yeah. like being yeah. a husband, yeah. being a father, it's, being uh... a coach, being a, you know, whatever. And then ultra runners down towards the bottom – and yep. you really had yep. to like, okay, guess what, guys? I'm out. I gotta. I, yeah. I've. I've. Cho- I have to choose between being an ultra runner and being a dad, and, yeah. and I'm gonna pick a dad each it's, time. It's interesting. You saw the rattlesnake where you did. I mean, they can be anywhere, obviously. But if you, recall, I'm sure you went to the pre race briefing, and they briefed of a, a certain segment that was known for rattlesnakes and stuff. I think it was right after a road segment. you was just a gradual uphill, muddy, messy. Mm-hmm. That's where they said the rattlesnakes typically are, and I never saw one the whole time I ran that race, but. He was waiting for Aaron. He yeah, wasn't looking yeah. for you. He was, yeah. he was waiting for, for Aaron. So yeah. shifting gears a bit, Aaron, you get that, that message while you're out running. Right. It's, it's, it's not a podcast fan. It's the it's, it's it's hard rock guy telling you that you're in. You now have four weeks to train for what is arguably the hardest 100 miler in the United States. Uh, That's probably going to get me some messages on Instagram and and Facebook, (laughs) but I'm going to go ahead and make that statement. Arguably um, the toughest hundred miler in the United States. Where did your brain shift when when you had to start coming up with a quick training plan?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know um right before i got the message actually i had reached out back out to patrick Regan. Mm-hmm. um you know i mean it, it, even coaches need coaches and yeah. patrick and i had worked well previously in the past and i just felt like i wanted that you know that uh um accountability you know and yeah. somebody kind of looking over my my shoulder to make sure i'm not doing too much too little right. and so um yeah i i reached out to pat and pat said um yeah, man, let's, you know, let's, let's get you, you know, back rolling and stuff. And, um, again, we had no idea that, (laughs) that hard rock was going to be in the picture. So, um, you know, Pat and I were just kind of getting ourselves back together. And then, um, you know, uh, the, you know, after I messaged my wife saying, I'm in, (laughs) I messaged, you know, Patrick Reed and it was like, Hey man, like the you know, plans just shifted. I just got into Hard Rock. We knew it was a possibility, yeah. you know, when I uh, had initially reached out to Pat. But uh, you know, then it was just like, all right, we got to shift gears. We got to get my butt ready for Hard Rock yeah. as fast we can.
0: <laughs> what were some of the things you had to do? Because people are going to want an educational what do you portion of yeah, this week? podcast. What were some of the workouts yeah. that you had to incorporate to get the legs necessary?
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, if you look at the elevation profile of Hard Rock, it is just straight climb, straight descent. You know, and it's yep. just uh, just a constant, right? Up, down, up, down, up to thirteen thousand, down to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you average eleven thousand feet of, of altitude. That's where you know the average is. Yeah. So, um, and then your high point is fourteen thousand. So. Um, we just practice climbing, you know, getting my, cause I hadn't really practiced, um, climbing in, you know, in some time, cause I, I mean, I trained for Umstead, <laughs> right. Right now, I'm not training for it there. I trained for old dominion it's, you know, there's not, not a ton there, not that you would have to really, you know, focus on. So right. we focused on the vertical gain and just getting, you know, tons of hurt, uh, that that came down to a lot of treadmill hiking. Um, you yep. know, I was on the <clears> treadmill <throat> probably about four times a week, um, doing, you know, 30 minute sessions at like 15. Twenty percent grades, just power hiking uh, away. So yeah, just power hiking. Exactly. Yeah. You know, keeping uh, just at a moderate pace. You know, not not like not really crushing it, but. Uh, just getting used to that incline and just sustaining it for long periods of time. Um, and then, you know, obviously here in, in the Asheville area, we've got some, some good climbs that, you know, that the quest for the crest and hellbender uses. Yeah. So, um, I went over there, um, did a run with Alex Brown. You guys know Alex, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. um, Alex lives in my neighborhood now. So we got a great run in over on the Crest trail. We did, um, I think it was about 28 miles and we got about 20, 12, yeah, 12,000 feet of gain, um, and 12,000 feet of loss, it nice. was a killer you know, yeah. training run and that, that really put me in like a good spot for, cause I was, I was using my poles, I was practicing everything, you know, that I, all the gear that I was gonna use out at Hard Rock. It was a good trial run. And then the next day I came back with the back-to-back long run. Didn't do as much vert, but um, you know, I, my legs actually felt really good, which was a great sign. And then, um, you know, the following weekend, same thing. I did a, you know, a big vert run on Saturday, followed by um, a Sunday, you know, kind of medium long run with a lot of vert. And then in between, you know, a lot of treadmill work. Um, I, I would get on the trails at least you know three times a week in and you know during the weekdays and try to just get you know 3000 to 4000 feet in about 10 to 13 miles um you know it, it just required me doing you know sometimes just some repeats you know just mm. going up and then jogging down hiking up jogging down so um and then we got into a lot of core and and strength training um i've always been a big you know proponent of core and strength training we did um like two core workouts a week and two strength workouts a week which we did with a weighted vest yeah and just did a lot of um you know kind of um concentric movements just stuff that would get the quads ready for the downhills Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad we did i'm so glad we (laughs) did because i was so scared i was gonna have another utmb episode and just blow up (laughs) so uh it worked out well in that regard Yep.
0: Okay, so altitude. How did you work that into the picture? Because you're what, you're about you live about what is it three thousand feet above sea level? I, I live
1: at two. Yeah, okay. I live at about two, you know twenty two hundred, and um, you know we can get up to about six here. So uh, funny enough, I just submitted an article to Ultra Running Magazine that said, "Did you even acclimate, bro?" <laughs> right. <I> did not. <laughs> and that was always the question when you got to Colorado. It was like, "Well, how much acclimatization did you do?" And I said, "Well, I did. I didn't do." any (laughs) uh, yeah I I did not get to acclimatize at all I went out the Tuesday beforehand races on Friday I just gave myself a few days to kind of you know not get not get swamped by you know the change in the uh, the elevation but um i know like johnny clemens uh from tennessee you know mm-hmm. he was longtime planner and he worked with like jeff browning uh to get ready for this and he rented an altitude tent um to sleep in and such so you know i, I heard him doing that and then you know obviously people go out like two weeks in advance i didn't really have that ability or that capability to do with yeah. my family and such so i just I, you know i was like all right this is just gonna be what it is right like i mean four weeks away and you know i'm just gonna put in what training i can and when i get there i'm just gonna do whatever it takes to get to that rock you know as slow as it has to be and that's you know that's the way it was
0: okay wow ajw has often said that that humidity the heat and humidity of the south is poor man's altitude training is there anything to that did you think maybe that gave you kind of a leg up yeah
1: so you know i mean any way you can build those red blood cell counts you know and humidity humidity will definitely do it um so i mean you know training out here yeah uh, and we're not as as hot and humid as you know um as you guys or yeah. as like the the piedmont like raleigh durham yep um we don't get that you know really high humidity i mean you know we get up there but so i mean um you know again it was like I, i'm just left to whatever nature's, nature's devices gave me <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was not definitely not optimal, (laughs) you know, I mean, four (laughs) weeks plus no acclimatization. It was, you know, it was like, is this guy going to finish? That was, you know, we just kind (laughs) of rolled the dice, you know, that's, that's, that was the, you know, the thing. And I just, I had, you know, I formed a great team. Um, I, um, Morgan Elliott was um, my main pacer. Morgan did 30 miles with me. Um, And then Sam Reed, who won the Hellbender in 2019, he came out. He's one of my training partners. He lives about five miles from my house. Nice. So he came out and did the last 28 with me. My wife came out and crewed. Um, and then we had um, Morgan's girlfriend, Mercedes. She was, um, they were all just like, I mean, it was just such a great team to have around me. Like, just the, you know, positivity that just exuded from them is yeah. and it's, it's what I needed, you know, like, um, it's just, um, I think. Going into it, like I said, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew there was going to be challenges, and we, and we could talk about some of the yeah. challenges. Like there was, there was three that I, you know, I was like, "All right, these are the ones that I need to get through in order to get through this course. If I get through those three, I should be okay." Um, and one being the the fourteen thousand foot peak. That was Handy's. Yep. Right, um, Handy's peak was fourteen thousand feet. I had to do that solo. I, I didn't have a pacer at that point. It's bef- right before you get your first pacer. Yeah. So that was going to be my first challenge. The second challenge was going to be when you go up to Virginia's pass, that's where the Kroger's canteen is the 13,000 foot aid station. Yeah. Uh, Joe Grant was, was man in that. And then Canyon Woodard who uh, just won uh, uh, a cruel jewel. Uh, he was up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, long time friends, uh, that was, you know, tremendous. And then the third was getting over uh, grand swamp pass, which is another scree field, just like Virginia's Virginia's had three scree fields. Virginia's had, um, I'm sorry, uh, grand swamp pass had one, but it was one really steep, long one. <laughs> so those are my three that I was just like, all right, these are the three that I need to get through. Um, so knowing that ahead of time, you know, I had a plan. It was kind of like break it down into these. Once you get through one, you got two to go that. Kind Kind of thing. So, I really broke the race down to that.
0: I've heard, by the way, my my buddy Ryan Melman's ran Hard Rock a couple years ago, and he described it as there's there's three types of climbs at Hard Rock. There's steep, there's steep as shit, and there's double <laughs> steep as shit. Accurate description <laughs> yeah, like, of the course. Yeah, very accurate. Yeah, there was like, uh, and
1: and when you say like double, you know, it was like. Oh shit this is Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> oh my god. Like I mean when you put your poles in and you drag your carcass up just a foot and your breath was like ah, because it was so hard at that elevation your muscles just were taxed. I mean because you know you you don't have you can't pull in enough air. Yeah. So like and then you have to do, repeat, you know. So it was like dig in, pull up rest dig in pull up rest you know oh, it's geez. like when you watch like somebody up at, at everest you know they they're like they take a step and they're like <gasps> you know like yeah. that's the way it felt to me like i mean you know like not to the, that degree obviously but you know when I, I like i wrote in that article it's like you know people say it's like sucking through a straw i was like hell i wish i had that straw it was felt like a coffee stirrer <laughs>
0: you know it's just like a little pipe swizzle stirrer. stick
1: was like, <gasps> <you know? laughs> it, was, it was so hard but um there's no way Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Were there moments when you found yourself going like, "Oh, come on, really"?
1: <laughs> um, the the last climb, um, I uh, I I did pitch uh, a hissy fit. Um, <laughs> there were four fall summits um and, you and love we, were, that. we were described this by three different people they told us what this was about to be and all three of them lied to us if i ever saw them again i would not speak to them <laughs> sounds like something a- ajw would do. <laughs> uh, so we got over three of them and sam is with me at this point this is uh, the last climb it's supposed to be a 2800 foot climb and yeah. this is you know this is the end of the climbing yeah so uh, we get over the third one and i see one more and i'm like oh shit that's got to be it we get over to that one and then the trail just went straight up like there was no switchbacks it's just the flags went straight up to the you know to the peak and I was just like Sam I can't do it I can't do it Sam I was like I started breaking down and Sam's like dude that's the last one that's the last climb right there and then it's downhill to the finish you're gonna run to the rock and I was like don't make me do it Sam don't make me do it <laughs> and so we uh, you know, a blubbering fool like, you, got this. you know just follow me I will make switchbacks for you and Sam started Zigging and zagging, and I'm like, I'm following on Like, Sam, this is this hard. You know, we're getting back up there, like 15,000 feet. I'm like, how are we almost there yet, Sam? And then we finally got to the top, and oh my God, it was. I mean. It was so pristine, like so beautiful. You know, we're we're kind of in the late afternoon, uh, you know, sun's in this great position, but it felt like you could just see the entire course. Like just, I mean, you had this panoramic view, 360 degrees. And it just felt like you were sitting smack dab in the middle of the San Juans. And it, it's just like, I mean, we just took a while, right? Like, so, well, I mean, we took a while after every climb because <laughs> we needed to catch our breath. But, right. you know, we just enjoyed every summit and every view. I mean, it was just like, you took in the moment, you took in the surroundings, and oh my God, it was just so you know it was so beautiful and then sam's like dude you ready to run downhill and i'm like no no
0: (laughs) i'm so tired
1: (laughs) but i was like all right but let's do it anyway you know so um you know it was we had i mean people came you know past us every time we got to a summit you know somebody would come up behind us and pass us and drop down and then they'd start descending and and, but yeah we didn't it didn't matter you know it's just like we are here for for this experience and uh uh, it was yeah it was tremendous like getting up that, that but that's where yeah i was just like oh man you know i was i was pretty much a broken man <laughs> when i saw that and i think the only other time where i was super low uh morgan was with me and um I was so tired. We got into Ure, and I tried to take a nap. It was about midnight. Yeah. Um, my like, um, my wife had gotten in about midnight um, the night before in Durango. We left a car for her and she drove in and I woke up. It was about, you know, 1.30 in the morning and she wasn't in yet. So I texted her and I was like, Hey, are you okay? And she's like, I can't find the condo. And it, it was difficult to find the place because the numbers you couldn't see. Yeah. So I was like, I'll be right out and I'll find you. So, you know, 1.30 in the morning, I had a 3 a.m. wake up call. I'm, I'm you know worried about wife. So I get her in and get her settled and get back to bed. And, you know, it's, it's probably like, you know, after two now, and I've got to wake up in an hour to get ready to go. So I was already tired going into this. And so when we got to Ure about midnight, I, I was like, all right, I need to, I need to take a nap or else, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a real rough night there for whatever reason. And I, they had a survey afterwards that I just filled out today. And I was like, you know, when you th- think about logistics for sleeping, you don't want to have uh, cots in the middle of everything with lights all over the place and everybody moving all around you. Right. you know, that's, yeah. That is not the place it's to not set not ideal. Yeah. But that's where they were. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't sleep. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep moving for now. We got out and we got onto this this road. It's like I don't know. It's like an, it's about eight miles of just gravel road, just straight up to um, the uh, governor's aid station, which is right before you start going up to um, to Virginia's Pass, where Kroger yeah. is. And um, we got started going up the road, and I was like, "All right, Martin, this looks like as good a place as any for me to lay down." So we just pulled off on the side of the road, used our packs, and uh, you know, I, I tried to go to sleep for some reason there is like cars like (laughs) zooming on this road. (laughs) What
0: are you doing (laughs) up here?
1: And, and, you know, of course there's people coming by, you know, and and you're trying to sleep on the side of the road. So that wasn't going to work. So we picked up and kept moving. And then I got into the zombie walk and for anybody that's ever, you know, been exhausted, tired, your eyes are falling asleep. You're just walking with your eyes closed and you're kind of like, you know, doing the, the, the Bob and everything. So we saw this trailhead, um, off to the side of the road. There's no cars, you know, like it, it, no cars could bother us. No people would be going by. So we were like, all right, let's just pull out our emergency blankets, wrap ourselves like burritos, and use our packs as pillows and get a half hour. And we did. And it was wonderful. It was the greatest thing ever. I felt like, you know, how people, I don't know how people say, like, um, oh, they were asleep for two minutes and they woke up fresh as a daisy. I didn't wake up fresh as a daisy. I was not. You know i was still pretty darn tired right but i I was able to keep moving without falling asleep yeah um but we got up to governors and um and i sat down for a moment while you know morgan was running around doing a few things And I fell asleep. (laughs) I fell asleep in the chair. And he got a great picture of me, like, sacked out in this, you know, chair. And um, Michael Wardian uh, came in in that time, got his stuff, and kept going. So Michael passed (laughs) me while I was knocked out. (laughs) And I could see him up ahead of me. I could see him going up, um, you know, the the scree field and stuff. But that was the other low point where I was just like, oh, man, I just – and, you know, by the time I woke up, we could start to see the, the crack of dawn. And, you know, anybody that's done that kind of thing, when you see the dawn, it just kind of brings new light and breathe new life in you. So um, that's really what I needed was just a little bit of sleep and the dawn. <laughs> and then but, I was good to go again.
0: Aaron, you have to realize at that point, you got passed by Michael Wardian. It's not like you got <laughs> passed by me. Michael Wardian. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I... And, You know, so, I mean, um, Michael, uh, I will say this guy, uh, you know, we all know how tough Michael is. Yeah. Michael, when I was going up uh, handies, Michael was having a real rough go. I mean, you could hear it breathing. I think he had gone, you know, he had gone hard and was really straining. It was really fighting the altitude at that point. He's like, hey, I'm going to drop at the next aid station. I said, no, dude, this is the high point, right? We get over this and we go down. This is as high as we're going to go, you know. It's, it, we just have to get through this. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I, you know, I just, I'm so tired. I was like, dude, <laughs> we all are, you know, this is hard rock. Yeah. So, you know, and he kept moving to his credit, right? So he ran 36 hours, uh, ran a tremendous back part of it. Um. So, I mean, you know, it was, it, he ran amazing. I mean, Michael is, Like as we all know, Michael's an amazing runner, but um, yeah, I mean, and we all suffered. I mean, Johnny was having stomach problems. Johnny Clemens, I saw him on handies too. Uh, We were walking up. I was going to stay with him because he was like taking two steps and just, you know, having really dry heaves and having, you know, i was like dude you know i want to make sure you get to the AC. he's like i'll make it just you know just go ahead yeah and you finish too but i mean you know it, it's hard when you come from from sea level or you know non-altitude to to go up to those and and try to you know really crank out a race and that's why i said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna walk the uphills and you know even the flats if i'm not feeling on the flats i'll just walk like you have 48 hours right and like right. so like my goal was to finish so you know that's Every step of the way, that's what I kept in mind. As soon as my heart rate started to go up or my breathing started to become a little too erratic, I slowed down. I took a break. It's just, you know, that's the way I had to be in, in order to get there, you know. Aaron, for
0: was, those, those who don't know, how much climb is in that race? Uh,
1: 33,000 feet. Um, there's 33,000 feet to gain. Um, we did it in the counterclockwise. So, uh, for those that also don't know, they switched directions both years. The counterclockwise direction is the harder of the two. It's the slower, they say, of the two. Um, whereas, like, the clockwise direction typically has the faster times. But obviously, Francois <laughs> <No one laughs> him
0: just rushed it
1: and uh, disproved that theory because <laughs> he broke the overall <laughs> course record, which is completely amazing.
0: Wow. Right. Uh, Nobody uh, told him that. They did not translate that advice and to french right.
1: uh, yeah oh my god uh, i mean to hear like uh you know there's a there's a section on the way to Ure that you run through a box canyon dude was sub seven minutes pace on this you know this kind of i mean it's like gradual downhill but a single track sub seven minute pace crushing it down there i mean he was like top 10 in the Strava segment i mean just insane like uh, you know it, it's i mean there was some uh, amazing runners there i mean you know, when you stand at the line, and you know, I'm I'm kind of flashing my GoPro around, and I, I turn to my right, and the GoPro looking at me is Jameel Curry. <laughs> so we're looking at each other, you know. And then uh, right in front of me is Sabrina Stanley, the yeah. female um, yep. overall winner. Uh, she's standing right in front of me. Courtney DeWalter off to my right. You know, Dylan Bowman off to my left. Like, the, it, it's such a small starting area. It's 150 people. So you're in this small little you know corral, if you will, and it's just you know there's everybody. It's like the who's who, you know. And then off to, you know, off to cheer you on is like all of these big names, you know, you've got like Anna Frost and I mean, it's just like Jim Wamsley was pacing to So he's got his cowbell. He's like, yeah, go guys. I mean, it's just, yeah, it was like everybody was there. It was, it was pretty cool to see the community kind of come together just for this, you know, event, um, even though they weren't racing.
0: (laughs) Well, Aaron, I've heard a lot about the hard rock community. That's what I've heard. So many people love about that race is it's more than just the course, which I've uh, heard people just rave about the beauty of the course but there's something about the atmosphere at hard rock and just the environment there that that makes people just want to keep coming back if more and more can you talk a little bit about that the atmosphere there
1: yeah so um it it all began like right from when you go to your packet pickup you know like it's um oh hey aaron how are you like you know like it's just everybody was super friendly you know it's just um i mean and, you know, everybody comes for that race. I was surprised how many East Coasters were there just to support the event, because, you know, when you get to check in, when you did the the pre-race meeting, which um, was, I mean, it was great. We had this outdoor um, kind of um, like almost like uh, we we're in a park yeah. And so You know they, they just had Everybody together Just talking And then they talk About the history Of the event They talk about The history of the runners um, You know And they they kind of Recognize how many people um, Have run You know This many times And then Of course you get Into the pre-race meeting But it, And then everybody's Kind of just stuck around And just kind of You know Milled around Talked and Because it's it's You know It's a time Especially after last year You know Where like Collectively We're kind we're of Coming together For the first time Right you know, since we've seen each other, like, you know, two, three years. So, um, it it was a great gathering and this is kind of the day before the race. Um, so it's just that, you know, that collectiveness, the, you know, the feeling of cohesion that like, you know, especially amongst the runners, because we all know what we're about to do. You know, we're about to try to tackle, you know, like you said, arguably one of the toughest hundred milers in the U.S. Um, so it's like we have this common bond and, you know, we're talking about things and, you know, what are you going to do here? How are you going to attack this? So it's it was like a sharing. Uh, you know, we all shared like ideas and strategy. Um, you know, we asked questions like I went to a book talk on Tuesday. This guy had just wr- written a book about hard rock. And, uh, you know, he was talking about um, just advice, like, you know, what advice would he give, um, you know, going up some of these things. And, And he was from Chicago. You know, a complete yeah. flatlander. So yeah. it was, you know, it was great in that. And then, like during the race, the aid stations, just like many ultras, you know, it's people take such pride and ownership in the aid stations and um, and making sure that the runners are, are at the forefront. And it was it was wonderful in that regard, just as you know many other races. And then, but you know, afterwards they had the post race breakfast, and it was just like the pre race meeting. You know, it was it was amazing. Like Dale Garland said something about each runner and called them each up and you know presented their awards um you know and it was really cool just to kind of you know hear about each person and where they came from you know kind of backstory or something that you know happened during the race um mcdale gave me the best finish (laughs) which (laughs) that's pretty cool that's Um, awesome so uh you know but yeah it's just everybody is um you know they just come around and talk to you you know and and they want to hear your story um and i you know i wanted to hear theirs. so it was just walking around and just meeting new people or seeing old faces and friends um so it's just you know it's kind of like they call it a family you know it's it's really a hard rock family it's um it, it has that atmosphere where you're at a family reunion you know that's really what it's like um because everybody was welcome and you know nobody was judged by anything no matter how fast or slow you ran it was you know you were there whether you finished or not he's and he said that at the pre-race meeting he's like whether you finish or not you're expected to be at the breakfast because you were a part of this so you know it's it that's the mentality
0: of it is there something you think that races can take from that did you did oh, you absorb God. that in and yeah. go like okay oh. we on the beast coast or just racers race directors in general need hmm. to borrow these things from hard rock
1: yeah so um that's what I said to Dale, like I'm, I pulled so much for Hellbender, you yeah. know, just looking at their safety precautions, what they were doing to, to monitor runners, uh, you know, like what they were doing at the aid stations, how they were doing it, pre-race check-in COVID, you know, they were making sure, you know, there wasn't as many restrictions now, obviously for COVID, but they were still doing things to, to make sure that things were, uh, you know, in a better place and keep people safe. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, You know, the the main takeaway is that, you know, when the RD and the volunteers are on the same page and their idea is that the runners are at the forefront, that is the purpose of the event is to have the runners have the greatest experience that's when an event is going to be successful you know because we're we're keeping safety in mind we're keeping um the experience in mind and we are making sure that we give them the best potential to finish So, you know, that was, that was tremendous. I mean, it says a lot that a race would say you have 48 hours to finish. I mean, hellbender would give 40, you know, but it's just, that's amazing. And and obviously there's a reason for 48 hours, but you know, it's, you know, every piece of it was consistent. You know, it was saying, we care enough about you that we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And those X, Y, and Zs were clear and consistent uh, throughout. So it was, you know, when I was writing the the survey out there, were, I didn't nitpick much because there wasn't much to nitpick about, you know, they had it really dialed in. Um, you know, it, there was like, I mean, there was no inconsistencies like that I could think of or faults that I could find. Um, so it was really an amazing, you know, a collaboration because it's not just Dale, you know, he's got a crew, he's got a team and his volunteers, like, you know, they come back year after year, like, you know, they want to, they want to captain an aid station or they want to be a part of that aid station because like they've, you know, they've grown to love that that capacity.
0: Was there a special sweetness at the start line this year because it had been two years of no hard rock? I mean, we had COVID last year, and then the year before there was too much snow, snow and yeah. they couldn't do it. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, there was so much excitement. Like, I mean, nobody could stand still. You know, I mean, everybody was smiling, high fiving. You know, good luck. You know, I hope you have a great race. Like, it was. I mean, it was just such a positive atmosphere. It was a great way to you know to line up because you could just feel it, the positivity all around you. And I mean like my excitement was like it was so high it was hard to contain. Like, you know, I didn't want to blast out the gate right. <laughs> you know and, and and do the the stupid like, I'm so excited, I'm in hard rock, you know so like <laughs> it was really hard for me to like just like gear back and be like, all right, you know, we've got a long way chill to go out, and a lot chill of out. To do, right. so. but yeah, I mean like that yeah that it was it was so high energy. I mean I think the only other time I felt any higher energy in an ultra was at UTMB um you know utmb does an amazing job of just like jacking people up and getting them amped and but you know it shows what the first 10k is you know like it's like a road race so you know whereas this one you know people are a lot more conservative but still the energy in the air was just so positive and excitement and you know i mean people were just like i can't believe this is here
0: and i was one of those like
1: i can't believe i'm here (laughs) you know kind of thing
0: (laughs) all right the course is it as beautiful as you dreamed it to be?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, the wildflowers were amazing. And Morgan was such a tour guide. That dude, he he was like a, uh, um, he, he had a job where he had to know all of the wildflower and fawn and everything. Uh, so he was naming them left and right, and telling me what they were, and and which ones were poisonous, and all this. It was pretty amazing. Like, uh, and they were just so beautiful. Like the columbines—that's the state flower. That was like one of the coolest flowers I'd seen. Um, uh, you know, it's just like so. All of these like alpine meadows were just full of flowers. Water flowing all over the place. There were waterfalls. I mean, it felt like you were in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, it's right. like I mean, there were waterfalls everywhere. It was so cool. And then you've got like all these mines. Like you know, they like we ran past like a mine opening like i could have stuck my arm right in the opening of the mine yeah it was like it was so bizarre and seeing all the old equipment all over the place and and like buildings and like there's just so much like old history like you, you know you obviously feel like you're running through like an old western movie um and but i mean yeah when you got to the top of a climb and that's what i was saying earlier we just stopped and enjoyed it like you know we just looked around took pictures and just like you know breathe it in for a moment and just soaked it up because it is it's just it's gorgeous like you know you see like the the green on the mountains like uh, you know uh, it's not like the the you know kind of like durango sometimes people get the like you fly in over durango and it's just brown the san juans have the you know kind of the green coating on the mountains and stuff so it's a lot more lush um you know there's still a lot of other trees and stuff on uh, and unfortunately you know they they have the uh, the beetle that's been killing off some of the pines but you, you still get that that great piney smell when you're running up through the trees before you get to the alpine and you know but yeah it was absolutely gorgeous i mean you know uh, utmb has its beauty and in its own way but yeah the san juans definitely was where
0: uh, where did you fly into did you fly into durango
1: yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. We flew into Durango, uh which is only about an hour from Silverton. Right. Um so and we stayed right in between in uh, uh the Purgatory Resor- Resort resort. <laughs> um <laughs> so it was uh it was fantastic. Cuz then we could go over to Durango if we needed something or into Silverton and it was kind of, you know, basically like half hour to 40 minutes either way. Gotcha. Um but yeah, you, you can fly right into Durango. Um it, you know, there's uh from Dallas, uh if you fly into Dallas, there's a, you know, a flight right into Durango. Um, I I think two or three times a
0: day. Cool. So the finish. Aaron, you're no stranger to the finish line at an ultra marathon. <laughs> You've got quite a few finishes uh, <laughs> yeah. under your belt, quite a few belt buckles to hold that belt up. <laughs> Describe the finish at Hard Rock.
1: Yeah. Um so um <laughs> I'll start by saying like my finish at UTMB was very anticlimactic. <laughs> I came in during the quiet hours. Yeah. So there was nobody at the finish line besides like my wife and Patrick Regan and my kids. <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> you know, right. great to see them obviously. Um, but there was no like, you know, there was yeah. no, you know, huge cheering. Like we see the videos and the one guy going and there's just masses. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the, you know, the golf clap. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One or two people. Yeah. So,
1: so coming into Hard Rock, um, I'll say I came down, you come down this hill into town like just this you know, the back road and you come down and you run into the back of town and Lee Connor standing there and Lee, you know, Lee, unfortunately she was the first person on the wait list and she didn't get in, but she was out there and she was screaming. I mean, she was just like, yeah, man! you know, just like yeah. cranking her. And so I was like, yeah, and I was just so psyched. So like, you know, we're kind of rolling. I mean, we're, we're, you know, me and uh, Sam, were just kind of, we had a good pace going, you know, I, I think Sam said, yeah, I was dipping under seven minute pace for that last mile. Cause I was just so angry yeah and then we're coming in and i see i see uh my wife and um you know i see morgan and mercedes and and uh th- there's Billy yang he's got his camera he's photos you know photoing and then claire gallagher is just like yeah just like <laughs> double-fisted just like pumped you know and i'm just like yeah you know and so I, it's just the energy because there was like you know the it, the community was there right like the you know they're they're like you know just people and uh, you know sam had said to me you know when we got to that last climb dude you're gonna kiss that rock and he started i could hear him his voice broke <laughs> he was getting yeah. emotional i was like dude don't even start with me <laughs> don't, you know, do, like it. don't like, do it man. don't do it i can't cry right now i, like, I gotta <laughs> see the trail stop i love uh, you so, man yeah it's, uh, yeah so, so i mean it started coming it started welling. you know like i started just because, I mean, you, you dream about doing this race, right? Like, Hard Rock is, like, it's one of those races that are just, you know, everybody wants to try to, to get into and and to have that opportunity. You know, when I said, uh, like, I am going to do everything in my power to finish because I know how many people have wanted to get into this race, and I chose to take a spot, and I valued that spot. So, you know, my goal was to, to get to that finish line. And then – rounding that corner and seeing that rock i mean i was just i mean i, mean, I saw the video skyrocketed i was just like yeah you know <laughs> i'm just so psyched so i mean i just i don't know It was like it was the culmination right i mean it was yeah. the perfect culmination Nation. You get like you go down. They built this whole finish line suit, so you got this like corral that just goes straight down to the rock. You go down there and then you kiss the rock, and it was just like you know, fist to the sky, yeah, you know, I was yeah. just so psyched to grab that finish. Because I mean, just I mean, you know, to to do what we <laughs> did, uh, you know, UCMB aside, like UCMB has the same amount of climbing. I will say that hard rock you know, even though it has the same amount of climbing it was exponentially harder. And that was because of the technicality of the trail and the altitude, it just was, it required so much more of me. So it just felt like so much more of a triumph to finish a hundred miles, having climbed 33,000 feet at an average elevation of 11,000 feet. So, I mean, you know, coming to that rock, it just was just like the sweetest sensation. Just like, uh, you know, and my wife was, she's, she's all teared up. She's like, you did it. And I was just like, no, we did it. <laughs> you know, it was just, it's such a happy moment. Moment, you know just so no, i
0: love share. you more <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely it was it was great oh man and then you know just being able to, to hug my you know, my pacers my crew it just it just felt like such a a team collaboration just such a you know a moment that we shared together because uh, you know i mean um morgan and um and sam they both were you know when, as we were running they both were like dude but, you know, we got to do this. And I was like, well, that's the only other way that I'm coming back out here to run is if either of you do it, I will come back out to pace either of you because, you know, I, I feel that I've had my chance and I, it's time for somebody else to be able to, to step to the plate and, and run that race. I think it's a amazing, amazing. But I, I left everything I wanted to and experienced everything I wanted to at that course. So, nice, um, but
0: yeah. So knowing the SAFT family, I know your kids, <laughs> especially your son, was up all night refreshing the feed trying to get some news <laughs> did you get a chance to yeah. call him quickly after the kiss of the rock and let him know
1: yeah we, yeah, we did uh you know we let them know as soon as i finished uh, and uh, they were you know obviously they were they were thrilled my, my daughter was still a little pissed because she didn't get to come <laughs> um, Oops. Uh, but uh, yeah you know this one was uh was it was not in the cards to bring the whole family but yeah we, we definitely let them know you know and then we sent them some pictures and stuff and um you know when we got back we showed them the the video of the finish and everything and you know keegan was he was just like that you know that's really cool <laughs> so it was it was neat
0: well, you're not a buckle guy. I, you know, you, I don't. You don't. I don't see when I see you, Aaron. Generally, you're wearing <laughs> athletic pants, but you don't. You don't. You're not a buckle show-offer, if 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 I'm you right. will. You know, you you don't tuck in your your shirt in the front. You know, <laughs> yeah, so everyone can yeah. see the buckle. Is there a difference with the Hard Rock buckle? How does that How does that rank? And how do you look at that thing?
1: um okay so this was my one qualm you had to buy the buckle um (laughs) so um yeah that was uh that was one thing i did put in the survey yeah i said you know for a race of this magnitude i feel like you should be rewarded something you know um that reflects what you just accomplished and if that's the buckle then you know make that make that the award um so um i did get the buckle um i think it's it's a great looking buckle um i can grab it and show you guys it's really nice and shiny
0: i'd love to see uh, it it's not often you get to see a hard no, rock buckle no. and none of our listeners can see it but jeff and yeah, i will wait and see it i can send you a picture that's some solid yeah that's 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 silver right there that's a that's a nice looking buckle <laughs> what that sets you <laughs> back aaron
1: I think this was, it was pretty, actually pretty reasonable. I think it was only like 60 or 80 bucks. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't wasn't too expensive, um, but it is a pretty buckle. Can, yeah, you, uh, it's, can, um, can I pick one of those uh, up on eBay, you think? Or? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, Jerry yeah, Hazen yeah, yeah, hasn't I've run it yet. <laughs> they,
1: they might even have it on the, uh, on the website, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I got one of those. Are yeah. you going to tuck in your shirt when you put that on a belt, Aaron, and wear that for the first time? You Are gotta you going to tuck once. your shirt in? You got to do it.
1: The, yeah right. The, it's this is uh, this is gonna go on a necklace. Uh, you know, like I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna <laughs> oh man, a necklace. Yeah, that's definitely that's that's necklace worthy
0: right there. Put it yeah. on a big chain. I'm gonna make it yeah. into a
1: clock. There we oh. go. I'll make it into a clock and I'm <laughs>
0: <pick it again. laughs> Aaron Sapp, the trail running MC, who's been known to rap from from time to time. What an absolutely uh, incredible story, Aaron, and just how it all you. kind of fell together for you, and just you know, the excitement of, of, I think so few of us will experience that. And so to be able to I describe it in a you. way that, yeah. that, that, you know, you almost took us along with you on, on that incredible course. <laughs> well, so what do you do now? I mean, you've, what's you've, next you've conquered hard rock. What do you do now? Yeah. Right. Um, so, um,
1: i'm gonna put my tickets back in for western uh so uh you know when i don't get in this year (laughs) right yeah i'll uh, I'll have to get a qualifier again next year um but uh western's on the you know on the horizon somewhere (laughs) right that's that's one of the remaining um and then um yeah i I told pat i said i want to do the brute challenge um have you guys heard the the brute challenge No.
0: what's the brute challenge
1: blue ridge ultra trail uh, endurance challenge so um it's five states uh, five runs they're all basically 100k to 75 miles um there's a there's a website for it charles Raffesberger. he uh he, he put this together um you've got in georgia the georgia loop okay um virginia yep. is the mastonutton loop uh north carolina's pitchel uh south carolina the foothills trail and tennessee's scar so scar. it's yep. those and you do that within a calendar year um it, you know it's just kind of a, a, a There's nothing really, you know, you don't get an award or anything for it. It's just four people have done it. Uh, Natalie Daniel was the most recent finisher Mm of it. Um, So... Um, but I think those are all tremendous courses and you know it's just kind of a homage to the south and I think that's a really cool thing to kind of really you know just get around to those different courses so I want to do that. Um, is kind of you know the idea and, and no no aspirations of like FKTing or anything like that it's just really completion um, and experience um, and then there's you know some small other races I want to do but you know it's really just waiting to, <laughs> to get into western next um, I, I have to look and make sure the wife isn't Around, but I want to get back <laughs> over to Europe.
0: It's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <He's> not clear. <laughs> the this the your next spouse.
1: big one would be <laughs> She knows I want to do it, but uh, Tournaians would be the next big, you know, the biggie. Uh, so getting over there to do Tournaians would be my my next big thing.
0: We should have hmm. prefaced that by saying. Aaron Saf's wife, if you are listening to this episode, please turn it off now. <laughs> we'll know when she listens because Aaron's going to get a call. Like you will know. It's like on the phones. like, oh, okay, she finished the episode.
1: That was like as soon as I finished UTMB, I said, we got to come back for Tour de Johnson. She just...
0: <laughs>
1: you know, just, you know, just that exhale <laughs> and the head shake <clears throat> it's always something with you <laughs> you know So, mm, uh, that, that
0: would be the next cool thing so the MR Running Pains podcast what do you got coming up on that one
1: uh, hunt. I just interviewed Hunt. Oh, awesome. I, Ball State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like love me some hunt. Cause that guy is just incredible. I, I, he's such a machine man. So, um, hunt, uh, he's coming out, uh, this week. Yeah. And then, um, I interviewed one of my other guys, Andrew Nelson. Um, Andrew's this, um, he's this up and coming guy. You know, he's the guy you haven't heard of. That's just going to all of a sudden spring out and just rock this. Yeah. I mean, this hundred that he's got coming up, he's doing pine Creek wants to break 16 hours. Um, and qualify for uh, desert solstice he's just i mean the guy's a metronome you know it's like uh just he's he's the perfect hundred mile runner so i i can't wait for him to to nail pine creek um so he's going to be out next week um so yeah it's you know and i did uh i did a recap um uh, last week on hard rock just kind of talked about yeah. like i went A station A station so if anybody wants to hear more you know geeky data <laughs> about yeah. hard rock that's yeah get in there um uh, but yeah
0: Check it out. MR Running Pains podcast. It's available anywhere you get a podcast, right? If it's podcast, then you can get it. So wherever you get your adventure jogger, get your MR Running Pains so you can get more of Aaron Saft in your life. And I think everyone's world would be a little bit better if, if they would have a little more Aaron Saft in their life. Aaron, so great to talk to you.
1: Oh, you guys too. it has been too long. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah,
0: we got to figure out, we just got to figure out more reasons to have you on. Go do Tour de Jeans and then we'll have you on and we'll have your wife on. We can have therapy. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We have Let me, Then we can hear her exhale live. <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> right. Oh. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you, everybody. Everybody can hear the exhale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, Aaron brought up Natalie Daniel, who you talk about a metronome. That woman is unstoppable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's no, I'm forward to
1: seeing what she does oh. uh, at No Business. Uh, she's, uh, I've been coaching her too, and she's just—I mean, oh God, she's <laughs> she is amazing. Um, uh, she's an amazing woman. Uh, it's it's fun coaching her because she's just like can I do more? It's <laughs> like, <good> God, woman. <laughs> <You> know,
0: like, <laughs> I'd have so. to charge you more. So my yeah. fee only allows uh, That's right. this plan. That's right. But no, if uh, on, on uh, the adventure jogger.com, we've got back episodes there. You can check out Natalie Daniels episode called steel. Natalie Daniels uh, mantra and plenty more. Go check it out. Thanks for listening. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search the adventure jogger on Patreon or go to the adventure Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.